to the Starting With One podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Our goal is to provide our audience with interesting, relevant information on Canadian healthcare, financial and estate planning issues, and running a business. With each episode, Robin and Al will be exploring topics that matter to you. Starting With One is built off of our experience that we enhance the lives of many starting with one. Every great story that we get to share all started with one phone call, one conversation, or one meeting. These are the stories that make us very proud to do what we do, and it all starts with one. Welcome to a special edition of the Starting With One podcast. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and business partner, Al McDonald. Hello, Al. How are you doing, Robin? Great to be here again. Well, great to be here. And by here, you mean we're online. This is the first podcast out of necessity we've had to record without each other sitting in front of each other. So this is something different, but it's kind of exciting at the same time. Yeah, as we speak, I'm uh, in my makeshift office at home, as I think you are as well. Yes, we've all had to make those accommodations. So a bit of a stressful time, but uh, let's call it an interesting time. Yes. So before we get started, and I really wanted to say something on behalf of everyone here at the Starting With One podcast, ARIA Benefits, and Life and Legacy Advisory Group. As we all continue to respond to the challenges presented by the COVID-19 virus, we wish everyone well during this difficult period and thank everyone involved in helping fight the spread of the virus. Some of you may be experiencing a high degree of uncertainty, worry, and stress about your own health and safety and that of your loved ones, as the necessary recommendations and directives continue to disrupt both work and personal lives. It's important for all of us to acknowledge these impacts and to engage in an open dialogue about them. And I know I can speak for Al here as well. We're always here if you want to speak with either of us. We're a phone call away. And with that, let's get on with today's episode. So today's guest is Lori Camerata, and I'm super excited to have her on the show because I think it's a really important topic. And of course, it's pertinent to the time that we're in. And I really have to thank my business partner, Joe Ferreira, for making the introduction late last week so we could do this episode today. And I think you're really going to get a lot out of it. Welcome to the show, Lori. Oh, thank you, guys. I really, truly appreciate being here with you. So glad to have you here. And, and we'll get into what the topic is. But again, I think it's really important. And Lori, you know, it was something out of a movie when Joe had sent me your background. I mean, it's something, you know, I feel like we're living in a movie, a scary movie right now. And your background seems to have been everything you've done up to this point, really to serve people in the environment that we're in today. So if I were to refer to you as a disaster recovery specialist, would that be accurate? What do you you call yourself? Well, you know, I really appreciate Robin the question. And Oddly enough, it's a bit of a difficult one to answer because I've got over 35 years of experience. Well, you can translate that to gray-haired experience. Some of it has been hair-pulling experience. My technical background is that I'm a CPA. Here in Canada, we referred to them originally. We were chartered accountants. So I started off down the finance path. But what I discovered in that is that finance, yes, it's an absolutely critical driver of the business world, but there's a lot more to the business world than that. There are full-scale operational systems out there, plant production floors and so forth. And a couple of the things that I really excelled at and loved doing were all around strategic planning, all around large-scale projects. So with that, my career shifted very early out of the, I'll call it the traditional accounting realm, and up into a much broader, much deeper set of projects. I really had the opportunity to walk the floor, to be part of production teams. 
Sure. That led me into uh, a late in life shift in my career to being an executive strategic coach. But the really ironic part of my background, which is extremely rare, I am actually one of the very few people here in Canada, probably in North America, who up until recently, I would say fortunately very few people, to have actually been the hands-on leader to take a national logistics company through a full-scale corporate disaster. Not once, but twice. Apparently it was fun. We wanted to do it two times over. (laughs) So am I a disaster recovery specialist? If you use that term, people probably think more of someone who would work with you know, the, the U.S. FEMA group, somebody who would come in and set up the tents and bring in the first aid and all of that. That response approach is very much something that I've done by virtue of necessity. It sure as heck was not the planned way of doing things. And that's one of the areas where I'd like to refer to, I'll say my skill set in this area, more as a disaster response manager. How do we help proactively manage our way through these incredibly chaotic times How do we present a version of leadership that actually helps not just the people right in front of us, but how do we create that cascade of positive energy, positive growth, and a very practical, grounded way of doing it? It's got to be clear, it's got to be concise, and it's got to be something that the other people around you can tie into and understand where to go to next. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I mean, none of us have lived through what we're going through now. But a lot of us haven't lived through any kind of corporate disaster, to be honest. I mean, I think about myself in, in business for almost a quarter of a century. And, you know, you have little changes here and there. And, and, of course, you make a big deal out of them at the time. But none of us have gone through anything of that sort. So I think your history and your background in that is incredibly valuable. And I appreciate you coming on the show today because people are going to want to really lean on people like yourself for, hey, what do we do now? So. I know we spoke offline prior to the podcast that your goal is for employers to ensure they have the really the best opportunity to survive, not only now, and then thrive despite these unprecedented times. Can you give us a brief summary of kind of what that means? Absolutely. Yeah, Robin, when you have the rug pulled out from underneath your feet, and it doesn't matter whether it's personal or professional, everybody's response is is the same. It's the proverbial freeze, fight, or flight response. And in a sense, our nation did that over the last couple of weeks while we've all essentially gone, oh my, our entire old world as we knew it has rapidly vanished right around us. And we have no influence about that. Yeah. What we can do, you know, it's the proverbial, do I choose to react to something or do I choose to respond to something? And the first step in assessing a situation is quite literally just to simply not react inappropriately. It's almost like the very first thing you can do is put yourself on pause, look and assess with a really good critical eye. You know, one of the lessons that I learned in the first large scale corporate disaster that I was involved in, we literally imploded all of the mission critical systems of a company overnight. And it was a massively failed IT project. The outcome of which was we went from being a mega company. It's a very well-known name brand here in Canada. And at the highest peak time of the season, we took all of those systems and essentially inadvertently turned them off. Hard stop, no warning. Oh dear. I won't use the other words that came along with those conversations because we'd like to keep this PG if we can here. That said, it's very much like what's happened with us now in that we suddenly have an immediate clamping of supply lines, an immediate demand shift. 
there's so much challenge that is just immediately flung in front of us. None of us have had to deal with it in quite this order of magnitude ever before. That's right. So the question for the business owners, for the entrepreneurs and the leaders is how do we first stabilize ourselves and then figure out how to help someone else? Yeah, exactly. I remember in our first chat after Joe had introduced us, you were chatting with us all online about data that you had from the BDC about the economy. And some of it, obviously, as, you, as you've alluded to, I mean, there's been a hard stop on the entire economy and, and how we live and, and what we do on a daily basis. But you had also ended that conversation with some positive news. So maybe you can kind of start about where we're at now, kind of what we're facing, and then potentially what we're going to see in the short term. Yep, absolutely, Robin. And one of the things, so the Business Development Corporation, they put out a a webinar about a week ago. And it's funny, because now that I'm reading some of the statistics again from it, it's very clear how rapidly our world is changing. And even this information is now probably significantly out of date, but I think directionally it's useful for us. You know, we know all you have to do is look at the newspaper and you see those global trends. We've got falling commodity prices, oil that's being triggered by, you know, a price war. We've got our own dilemmas here in Canada. We've just seen our gas prices go from well over a dollar a liter to well under a dollar a liter in a matter of weeks. That is great news when you fill up your gas tank. It's not great news if you're the province of Alberta. (laughs) Their entire budget was put together premised on different oil structures. That has tax ramifications. The COVID is impacting every major economy of the world. And the BDC, they are forecasting that that means that it's a global recession for 2020. Oh, yeehaw, doesn't that just fill us with warmth and confidence? Mm -hmm. Then you kind of gulp and you look at the U.S. because clearly the U.S. is one of the driving international partners. We've got 75% of all of our exports from Canada go to the U.S. When the U.S. demand drops out, then that's going to be less demand here in Canada. It's already had an immediate shift on the domestic Canadian dollar versus a U.S. dollar. Well, the U.S. is forecasted to be in a recession through to at least the end of Q3 of this year, and then depending on whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, how much longer will it take? Robin, that's a lot of doom and gloom. And then you pause and you say, okay, hang on a minute. The world has gone through other major crises before. This is not the first global crisis you know, looking at the impact of the Great Depression. We know what happened in 1929. Was it horrific on the spot? Yes, it was. Did people recover from it? Absolutely. What was part of the solution path to that? A large part of it was, I'll call it the very unplanned approach of World War II, brought in enormous amounts of infrastructure spending, heavy industry spending. Well, if we look at what's happening now in the globe, here in Canada, Our federal government has stepped up and has created the massive programs that we hear about throughout the news. The U.S. also has, I think, the biggest socialist impact is actually from the U.S. economy, where they've dumped trillions into committed programs. Obviously, there's a tax bill that comes with all these programs. These are not free, just out of the blue. But the news is that it keeps the economy moving. And we're much more clear of what are those levers on a national basis that will enable the economy to temporarily stall, it'll stutter, and then how does it pick back up again? So in China, if you look at some of the positive news coming out of this, not only has China begun to turn the bend on the actual COVID incident rate, but now two months after the COVID start, 95% of their large business is reported being back at near normal production levels. 60% of their small and medium-sized businesses 
are back and running. Probably not at full steam, but they're moving. That is a very, very quick response in terms of, let's call it global economic nimbleness. When we look at the massive support programs here in North America between the U.S. and the Canadian government, it's an unusual position to take when you're being told, we will fund 75% of your employees' wages to keep them employed, even if they're not working. That is a very rare position to take. To me, what that represents is it keeps the demand curve moving and it presents some businesses with a relatively short-term cash support process and a longer-term, potentially different demand pattern. So that, to me, Robin, is where we look at, yep, in the short term, this is one hell of a challenge for everybody. Sure. In the medium to longer term, what are the positive opportunities that your clients can actually find? What's the silver lining? It's out there. The question is, how do we find it? Yeah, exactly. And, and I think that's going to be welcome news to especially a lot of clients on my side of the business with ARIA benefits because, you know, I've been, I've been in touch with clients every day since this started happening. And some, unfortunately, some uh, clients have had to lay off employees. I'm happy to report that a lot of them are continuing their benefits during that period. Uh, in some cases where there's been cost-sharing arrangements, uh, the employer saying, hey, we'll pick it up, your share of the cost while you're off, and, and we'll worry about it when you get back. So that's really been positive to hear. But again, a lot of employers, Al and myself included, are in the same spot. And you're thinking, I did a post on LinkedIn uh, last week. It was a picture of our building with both of our company names on it. And it's something that I've dreamed about for years. And like a lot of Canadians, uh, it was a dream to own a business. And you've put so much heart and sweat equity into your company that you sit there at perhaps moments of weakness and you think, geez, has this all been worth it? And, you know, five minutes after I had that thought, I said, yeah, it's, it's damn well worth it. And we're going to continue and push forward together. And uh, like a lot of Canadians, we're determined to keep those dreams coming. Al, I was going to ask you on the individual side. So for those of you who don't know, Al does financial planning and estate planning and also gets involved with some investment planning as well. Al, what's been the, the feedback coming from clients on that side of the business? Thanks, Robin. Well, obviously, a number of the same things that uh, we've just mentioned here. And Laurie, we're going to ask you a question about some of the things that businesses can do. But it, it is much the same concern that, that business owners are going to have. Whether you're a business owner or whether you're an individual, obviously, you're going to be concerned about some of the same things. Mortgage payments and can I meet my rent or my mortgage payment or, or service my debt? Or am I going to have an income because I am going to get laid off? So obviously a lot of concern on that side of things. And then, of course, on the health issue as well, you know, just keeping everyone safe. So people that I've talked to, everyone is in much the same boat in terms that their lives have been disrupted. Again, just like us, they're sitting at home trying to, you know, do as best they can, uh, hopefully still working, in some cases not. So, you know, a number of those same issues that, that we've talked about, that you've talked about with your business owner clients and that we've talked about with both uh, individuals and business owners, which is maybe a nice lead into our next question for Lori, because I know you'd put together kind of a, almost like a little checklist that you'd suggested maybe business owners could use to, to go through and do a self-assessment. Like you said something important earlier, as opposed to just, uh, I believe you said, reacting kind of a knee-jerk reaction, maybe just to take a moment, hit the pause button and reassess things. So maybe, Laurie, could you talk a little bit about some things, some tips for business owners, or, you know, it can even be individuals as well, where they can go from now if they haven't already done some of these things to assess their businesses. 
Absolutely. You bet, Al. Because to me, at this stage of the game, the first couple of weeks of this crisis have passed. Hopefully at this stage of the game, you've already gone through the, the laser focus process of assessing your risks. But just in case you haven't, you know, cash is king. That's always a business mantra, but these days, all the more so important. You know, have you reached out to your bank and your financing institution to look at the opportunity for expanding your line of credit? And you might say, goodness, why do I want to take on more debt at this point in time and uncertainty? Part of the benefit of doing a detailed cash flow analysis is getting really crystal clear about what areas of investment should you actually take on in the upcoming days and weeks so that you can actually grow your business. And if you go to a bank manager, there are funds that have been uh, basically acquired and or set aside with federal government backing that actually will create borrowing opportunities for people. Now, of course, the banker always wants a good business plan. So to me, part of that is also looking at what are your support options that you've got. There are small business loans through your bank, through the BDC and so forth. There's the 75% wage coverage limits. Have you looked at Do you qualify for that? And who in your company can do the application process for you? There are loan and deferral offerings uh, that are out there. On a personal basis, it is worth taking a look at deferring your mortgage. Yes, you will wind up paying added interest on the back end of your mortgage. But if you can create a six-month, I'll call it cash flow buffer on a personal basis, does that dial back your own personal stress demand levels such that you can sleep better at night. Because while it's good to have creative thoughts about things, you're only going to get to creative thoughts if you're healthy and well-rested and able to be there for you and your family. Another area is looking at your customers. Have you reached out and actually confirmed your major customer orders? Nothing like building a business plan, assuming that you're going to have your normal flow only to discover in two months' time that a quarter of your demand dried up and you weren't aware of it. Conversely, you might actually find in certain areas that your customer orders are going to spike. Are you ready to dial up production or acquisition to be able to help in that process? So it's really very much about taking a look at your primary business process flows and saying, how well do I understand where my risks and opportunities are through an end-to-end process review? Let's take a look at our key vendors. Who are the critical vendors? Who do we absolutely want to make sure we honor first and foremost, who are the other folks who, quite frankly, yes, we will pay our bills, and it'll be at a lower, slower, throttled down rate. If you ignore your vendors and don't talk to them, don't communicate with them, oh, they'll chase you. They want their money too. Conversely, if you reach out to a vendor and explain the situation and create a mutually agreed upon payment plan, they know where you're at. Their anxiety comes down about you and your business. And it just gentles down the entire interaction process. When we look at labor profiles and planning, have you already done layoffs? Many companies have. Many have gone through a hell of a cut process right now and have created large-scale, hopefully temporary, layoffs. At what point do those need to become severances? What point are you doing your employees a greater disservice by leaving them in limbo? Or is it the opportunity to actually pause and say, okay, we'll lay off now, but in three months' time, we will be rehiring, or holy heck, we've got a huge amount of demand, we need to hire people right now. There are so many different combinations and permutations here 
to me, it's a combination of understanding, first of all, where are your risks? Secondly, where are your real opportunities? Then you actually have to very much prioritize those opportunities. I've seen one client that's already looking at, I'll say, chasing too many possible options, focus, focus, and focus. You've only got a certain amount of energy. You've only got a certain amount of hours in the day. You do have, hopefully, a team around you, whether it's a small team or large. How do you get them to focus? So to me, it becomes very much of understanding your opportunities, putting them in a priority sequence, and then working the process. Support that with an enormous amount of communication and personal care. And I think a lot of really good things can come out of this. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I don't know about you, Al, but I'm, I'm sitting here listening to Lori and, and all of a sudden feeling a little bit better <laughs> about the future and certainly about our own firm, as well as the clients that I look after. This is such an important topic that we've talked about today, but we've really just scratched the surface. Our podcast has always been about We keep them short. We give you quick hits of information. We've scratched the surface today. For our listeners, I'm going to make an announcement in a second, but Lori, anything else to add before we let you go? Well, guys, I want to start by saying thank you. In these troubled times, to me, the most important thing that virtually every person I know is craving is actually connection. And it's so easy in this day and age with our hyper-connectivity through technology to be completely and utterly disconnected from the most important people around us. I truly hope that one of the things that comes from this COVID-19 is for folks to understand how important it is to really nurture and protect our connections. To that end, anything that I can do that can help a company stabilize where they're at right now and create a strategic plan on how to move forward as rapidly and nimbly as possible. My goal with this conversation, guys, is how do we help as many companies survive and then thrive? When the companies thrive, their team members will thrive. When their team members thrive, their families will thrive. How do I help your clients? How do we help establish as much useful supportive connection as we can? And on that note, Laurie, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Well, right now, the simple approach is a phone call. Anybody is welcome to give me a phone call and we can set up for a quick chat and see how we might be able to connect and help each other. My cell phone number is 416-230-4414. And normally I would give you my corporate email, but I've just taken down my corporate website as I'm about to rebuild it in order to launch my upcoming leadership book on Lead from Love. So I'm actually going to take the rare position of broadcasting my personal email in this case. I'll actually say, guys, it's a bit of a long email. I'll send it over to Robin and to Al. Reach out through the podcast to them if you need the follow-up on it. But very quickly, the email is L-M-C-A-C-A-M-M. E-R-O-T-A at Rogers, R-O-G-E-R-S dot com. Perfect. And I said to our listeners that we were going to make an announcement. We had such a, a couple of great conversations now, Lori, and we were chatting about doing the podcast and we just thought there's way too much to do in a short podcast here. So for our listeners, we wanted to let you know, we are going to be conducting a webinar shortly with Lori hosting. 
And we're going to go into a lot greater detail about the topic. So look for that. Of course, you're going to see those posts on LinkedIn. Uh, check your inbox. You can also reach out to Al or myself if you'd like to join that meeting, because I think this is going to be something we're going to be working on the next little while. And I think, Laura, you've demonstrated that you're certainly a person that you want on your team going forward. So, Laura, I really wanted to say thank you for some great information as well as your insights. I've learned a ton here today. I do feel a lot better about the future having chatted with you and I, and I think I would speak for Al he would feel the same so that does it for another episode folks as always we always appreciate your feedback as it helps shape the direction of our show please feel free to reach out to myself or Al if you have any questions or join the conversation on LinkedIn and remember it all starts with one